The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Hello, welcome to the Roto-Wire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. My name is Chris Crawford. Today is Sunday, July 2nd. Uh, since we won't get a chance to wish it, uh, both... Me and my guest Ryan Boyer will uh, wish you guys all a happy Independence Day. Hope you get uh, s'mores. That's what you should do. Is you should make s'mores. I mean, hot dogs are good, all that stuff, but it is it is definitely s'mores time, baby. Uh, we are going to talk about some headlines, uh, some players who performed well on Saturday, some players who didn't perform so well on Saturday, and also offer some fab recommendations. But Ryan. We got some bummer news, and unfortunately, this happened right after Drew and I did our draft, and. Mr. Silva happened to select Shane McClanahan as his pitcher that he wanted for the second half of the season. Well, he's going to have to hit the waiver wire on our figment draft because unfortunately Shane McClanahan is going on the injured list. And this is a big bummer, Mr. Boyer, because Mr. McClanahan, when he's healthy, has been as good as any pitcher in baseball. Oh, I thought I thought we were talking about the bummer news being that Twitter is broken. Oh, no, that's wonderful. It's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. Uh, we could have a long conversation about how the heck we do our jobs with this uh, development, Ryan. But, yeah. Uh, but, uh, I, when, I, we, when I logged on earlier today, it seemed to be back to same. normal. Same. So I don't know if that's uh, – I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's talk about Shane McClanahan. We could, we could okay. go down a real uh, <laughs> dangerous <laughs> rabbit hole. Very dangerous. Probably, probably <laughs> tread lightly on. Yes. Uh, so, yeah. Shane McClanahan, he had he had had to come out of consecutive starts with a back issue, and this time going to send him to the injured list. It seems more precautionary, um, is my initial read. I mean, they have the the built-in extra rest around the All Star break, so I mean, the Rays are, I mean, the Orioles are kind of nipping at their heels, but they. Uh, Rays are sitting pretty pretty well, and they do not need to be pushing their ace, that's for sure. Uh, so rest, giving him extra rest around the All-Star break, I suspect, even if it is it is indeed precautionary and um, he could come back in 15-ish days. They'll probably push him back to maybe their fifth start after the break just to give him a little extra time. That would – that would make sense. Um, he has had a back issue in the past, but this was like 2021, I think. So I don't know if we necessarily can uh, 
make make a determination if that makes it even makes it a little worse or not. Um, never like to have a, a player having chronic back back issues, with, but which this is certainly not right. Certainly not rising to the level of that at this point. Um, but yeah, Shane McClanahan, number three in earned auction value per uh, RotoWire's player raider tool. Uh, league leader and wins, I believe. I mean, he's been as awesome as his fantasy managers could have hoped for. The shoulder issues that he dealt with down the stretch last year have not cropped up at all. Um, that would be definitely more worrisome than the back issue, but right. hopefully we're just talking about a, a minimum-ish uh, IL stay for a, the big lefty. Yeah, here's hoping. I will say I did watch him pitch on uh, Friday against Seattle, and he did not look good. It, it was not yeah. an impressive outing, and the fact he got pulled in that fourth inning was kind of an uh-oh for me. Uh, of course, they didn't say it was injury-related at the time, but it was saying without saying that, that there was something that was going to be going on. But hopefully it is a short stint. You will see a few guys, I think, get placed when they can on the injured list in this type of situation because the all-star break is coming up and it's an extra four days of rest. There will be some roster manipulation, but uh, it's still never a good sign to see uh, the guy hit the injured list. But hopefully Ryan, you're right that it's just a short little stay. Uh, Two guys who are not going on the injured list, but are dealing with injuries right now are Clayton Kershaw and Framber Valdez. Now, we did get some good news on Kershaw just about 10 minutes before recording. Uh, Manager Dave Roberts said that there was progress being made with Kershaw and he will not be placed on the aisle at this time, uh, that he's made improvement every day since the injection, and that the team will make a decision tomorrow whether or not he will need an injured list stunt or not. Stunt? Stint. Stint. Stunt. Uh, I just gave you every vowel there. Um, I While I am willing to say that i'm optimistic and it's good news that they're not placing him on the il now would not shock me whatsoever this is something that they announced tomorrow just as a precaution kershaw by the way has been fantastic this year a very good chance if he is healthy or healthy enough to start i think the national league all-star game this year he's been that good but i think that the dodgers are going to take every precaution they can unfortunately this is just a rotation that has just been killed by injuries a a rotation in a bullpen I mean we've talked about it I think the last few shows every time I go to edit the depth chart of the Los Angeles Dodgers Dodgers I have to move like six guys around on the injured list because they did get Daniel Hudson back that's that's a nice little return for their pitching staff but you know do you take a look and there's like we're at starting pitcher 13 I think Ryan on the uh on the depth chart here's hoping this is a short little stint now as for Framber Valdez the news is not as good I think but also we're gonna have to take a little bit of a wait and see approach uh he's missing his start today against the Astros with shoulder problems I mean we look how many times do we got to say ban shoulders what 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 has to be done for me to actually get shoulders to be banned? We can just like have some sort of surgery where we can just have necks somehow become the thing that can help these guys throw the baseball, Ryan. What, it, what are we going to do? Is it a shoulder with Framber? I thought it was an ankle. Am I, oh, am I misremembering? Well, here's the thing, Ryan. This is a live television show, and I could I, be wrong about that. Yeah, I, I, we, I, I remember reading that he like tweaked his ankle as he was walking down the dugout steps like two starts ago and then said it was kind of affected him in his last start. 
maybe so I missed, maybe I missed let's something. Just, but... Let's just scratch all of that because it was a sprained ankle, and I just got my notes confused because that's what happens. Uh, he's missing his start with a sprained ankle. Um, that is much more, uh, much more uh, positive news than a shoulder injury. Obviously, now look, sprained ankles can certainly be something that you need to push off. You know, so it will be something to keep an eye on. But I'm very happy to say that all of my stuff about shoulder stuff was nonsense. And if we if we could go back and go, we would do that and just say it is an ankle uh, <laughs> issue for Framber Valdez. Long story short with Framber, though, something you got to keep an eye on. Sprained ankles often lead to injured list stints for whether you're a pitcher, whether you are a center fielder, whether you're a catcher. If you sprain your ankle, the severity of the grade, obviously, not a doctor, but I think we all know that the severity of the grade is going to be what determines whether or not he's making starts again. Um, and a guy they need. The, the Astros also have dealt with a ton of injuries to their starting rotation. And their starting rotation that went healthy just hasn't been all that good. The Astros have been a weird team this year. Uh, they've, they show these flashes of brilliance, but clearly missing Jordan Alvarez and clearly um, – going to miss Framber Valdez if he does have to be placed on the injured list. Yeah, and the the ankle, even if the the severity of the grade isn't super high, that's something if it's still a little bit tender, I, I don't know, I, I don't know which foot it is, if it's the push off or the landing foot, but could it potentially affect me- mechanics and that could lead to other injuries like a shoulder. Maybe you had maybe you just had a premonition about a I hope not. Oh man, I hope not. I hope not. Yeah. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna get in trouble now, Chris, if if he winds up hurting his shoulder for compensating yes, for that ankle injury. Uh, I don't. Know Astros fans are gonna come at you. Yeah. Well, you can't find yeah. me on Twitter anymore, so it's fine. <laughs> uh, re- everyone's reached their rate limit. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Kershaw. Uh, you know the earned dollar value auction value uh, calculator I mentioned earlier with McClanahan being number three. Kershaw is actually number two on that list. Uh, Just giving you an idea how awesome he has been. Um, But yeah, it sounds, I mean, I always worry about teams not being extra. And then the Dodgers usually are very cautious. I hope they're the fact that they have dealt with so many Uh rotation injuries doesn't, is it pushing them towards making a kind of a risky decision here? Um, I can't imagine that that's the case. I mean, they're talking about a legend in Clayton Kershaw on a, a shoulder. They got to be pretty confident that it's a minor, a minor thing, but you know, again, around the all-star break would certainly serve as a, an opportune time to give him some extra rest. So it, it wouldn't be a shock to me if they go ahead and, and make that move. But same, same with Fromber as well. Um, both of these teams, surprisingly, not in first place in their divisions, so they can't yeah, true. they can't dilly dally too much. Um, but you know, you gotta you gotta be extra cautious when it comes to protecting your aces. Um, another guy who got hurt yeah. is already has been placed on the injured list. Royce Lewis yeah. back on the IL. He did not blow out his knee. That's the positive. Yeah. He did strain an oblique, though. That could potentially be a multi-week absence. Um, Lewis had really 
started to turn around lately. Past 11 games, he had batted 400, the 10.04 OPS with two home runs and one stolen base. It kind of inched his way up in the line, the Twins lineup a little bit. He, he's mostly batted fifth or sixth, uh, but lately, since he's been heating up, he's I think batted third once, cleaned up a couple times. So it's a bummer. Um, the plate discipline with Lewis had not been great, but yeah. you know overall, I think uh, definitely positive signs from him. So this is a, a bummer t- timing wise, and just a bummer for him because he's got to be just. So sick of these injuries at this point. Uh, Who could blame him? But hopefully, it's not too long of a of an aisle stint for uh, for Royce Lewis. Jose Miranda's coming back. Not great at AAA. Um, he did not earn this promotion. I, th- I believe no. he's got a sub seven hundred OPS at at AAA St. Paul. So. Not terribly optimistic. I haven't seen what the Twins lineup is for today. Um, you know, I could see him certainly getting some starts at third base, but they also have Kyle Farmer as an option there. Um, I'm not really terribly interested in Miranda in mixed formats. I don't know. I don't know about you. I, I'm fine with. I'm fine with giving him a shot on in a. AL only, but mixed leagues, he's not back on my radar. No, uh, and honestly, the one of the issues that um, uh, Miranda's had is, especially at the highest level, is that his patience at the plate is terrible. He's really struggled to pick pitches to swing at, and whether or not to, well, it's not, it's not good. Uh, Royce Lewis, at just bums the heck out of me, man. Cause he's one of my favorite prospects. He looked so good last year before the injury. He looked pretty darn good. I mean, the hard hit percentage was fairly low 37%. So there was a little bit of good luck coming there, but you see the potential there. You see the potential for power. You see the potential for stolen bases. Here's hoping this is a short one on the injured list because his potential is, I think it competes with a lot of infielders in baseball. There are very few guys that I would say this guy is clearly better than Royce Lewis right now. Unfortunately, though, this is now a habit. This is something that you're going to – I don't want to call him the Byron Buxton of the infield for the Twins just yet, but, you know, there, there, there is now two – there were two significant injuries and now this oblique injury. I'm really hoping this is all precautionary and he's back sometime shortly after the All-Star break because I really like this guy. But I would not be adding Miranda as the guy to go replace him. I would be looking elsewhere on the waiver wire – um, there's some good guys. In fact, I'll, we'll give you a guy when we talk about Fab, a guy who might still be available in leagues who I think could make sense there. Uh, let's end on some positive news. Andrew Painter. So Andrew Painter has thrown a bullpen. Uh, for those of you who forgot, Andrew Painter looked like he was on his way to maybe even joining the Phillies out of spring training to be one of their five starters, widely considered by many, not necessarily me, but many to be the best pitching prospect in baseball, uh, a six foot seven right-hander who can throw strikes with four well above average pitches or plus, if you want to go that route. Uh, I'll be really curious, Ryan, to see how they treat this because if painter is, if the Phillies are still in this thing, which they are and still not getting a whole heck of a lot of help from their rotation, which they are not, 
Um, I'll be really curious to see how they use him and whether or not they're willing to give him that chance because he is a massive part of their long-term plan. He might be a reason why Aaron Nola is not a Philadelphia Philly in 2024, to be completely honest with you, using some of their resources, although nobody's going bankrupt over signing Aaron Nola, so let's just calm down with that as well. But if they do believe that he is ready to be a... uh, a starting option for that team next year, or even some at some point this year, it's going to be really interesting to see. I'm probably going to add Painter to my imminent arrivals list this week, um, just because I do think that we will see him pitching for Philadelphia at some point. But I also could see Painter being a multi-inning relief guy that you manage the innings for because he's never had a big uh, workload. We're going to talk about another guy who's. Uh, hasn't had a big workload and did not have a whole heck of a lot of fun on Saturday, um, just as a little spoiler alert. But I do think Painter has a chance for success. I'd be curious to see, Ryan, what you're doing with Painter. Is he somebody, if he's still available in redraft leagues that you're adding now? Um, Redraft, it, deeper, sure. Um, shower leagues, I think it's probably a little soon. He is, I, I did see he is, going to face hitters Tuesday, I believe. Yes. Uh, so, I mean, that's pretty close to the precipice of a rehab assignment. Um, I don't know how many live BP sessions or simulated games or whatever you want to, whatever you want to call them. Right. Still not really sure what the difference is between those. I'll, I'll be honest. <laughs> um, but yeah, usually when you're talking about a lengthy absence, they usually give you multiple of those. And I assume he's going to need probably all 30 allotted days on that rehab assignment. So we're talking about maybe, maybe August one, you know, a rough estimate. So I think probably shallower uh, mixed leagues, redraft leagues, probably not a necessity to stash him, but yeah, I mean the Phillies, they got, they've gotten some good work out of, uh, Chris Sanchez lately. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, they could use, you could always use an arm like uh, Andrew Painter. By the way, um, you mentioned the Phillies are still in it. One of the, one of the 600 tweets I was allowed to see yesterday, I noticed uh, Shaq, who I guess he was DJing maybe in Philadelphia or something, Good for him. predicted the Phillies to win the World Series. So, I mean, just write it down in, in stone at this point, right? Yeah, um, I, uh, I didn't know. Uh, I didn't know Shaq DJ'd uh, to steal his a very popular meme. I wasn't familiar with your game, Shaq. I didn't know that you were. Uh, I do know that you used to uh, uh, rhyme quite a bit uh, and uh, had the uh, "Do you want me to shoot it? Do you want me to pass it? Do you want me to slam it?" Uh, song that uh, somehow didn't win every single Grammy ever. But uh, good for Shaq out there DJing. Yeah, I mean. To be honest, it's it's just as viable as a lot of the predictions we see. If we're being honest, especially on on the Twitter tweets, well, um, and on this and on this weekend show. To be honest with you, too. <laughs> exactly, um, but yeah, Painter. You know, upside is obviously sky high. I, I agree mm-hmm. that it could be a. I mean, even if he does into the rotation, we'll say super optimistically on August first. How deep is he going to be able to go into games? I mean, if I'm setting the over-under on six-plus inning starts for him, I'm probably putting it at like two in 2023. So, you know, 
I'm not expecting a, a redraft value. He's still more of a um, more of a dynasty league guy. And you know, keep in mind he's coming back from a partially torn UCL, so he's definitely not out of the woods there injury wise. Even if uh, his throwing sessions go well, but all in all, still positive news, and I hope we get to get to see Andrew Painter at some point uh, in the near future. Absolutely. Since we're talking about prospects, I thought this question was interesting. Uh, pick one to stash. Ronnie Mauricio, Oscar Colas, or Oscar Gonzalez, all raking like a, a mofo. I, I think we can say that on the podcast in the minors right now. Um, I personally would go with Mauricio. I just think there's a really strong path to him getting everyday playing time with those guys. And Colas, I, I like that he's driving the baseball again. That's nice to see. And by again, I mean he's driving the baseball. He just was not. Uh, driving the baseball whatsoever with the White Sox and not in triple A either. Well, even though the average was solid, like you just were like, dude, when are you going to start showing that plus power that you were uh, promising us not that long ago? Um, Oscar Gonzalez to me is still more of a um, platoon bat type of thing. So even when he gets the call up, I don't think you're going to see him play against right-handers enough. I think long-term he's interesting, but he might have to change organizations in order to be able to tap into his power. I think that uh, the Guardians might be a little too infatuated with uh, Brennan at this point, if I'm being completely honest with you. They must have – it must be the way that the Jerry DePoto feels about uh, Abraham Toro, that that's how they feel about – not quite saying Brennan has been as bad as Abraham Toro, but I think everybody knows what I'm saying. People get these infatuations with players, whether it's deserved or not. But I would probably be stashing Mauricio. Real quick, Ryan, which one of those three would you be stashing? Yeah, the Guardians are uh... – not exactly known for their ability to uh, churn out and identify outfield uh, <laughs> players. So, yeah. but yeah, I, in a redraft, a redraft, I would think I would lean Coloss. I, I still think he probably has a a clear path um, to regular playing time. Although, I mean, it depends on what we what are the Mets going to do at the trade deadline. Certainly. Uh, going to be interesting to watch uh Mauricio I think definitely has the uh the higher long-term upside though yeah for sure uh Mauricio is a guy that uh unfortunately the June hasn't been very good I think if the June had been a little better we probably are not even talking about him as a minor league player to stash he's probably already up but um it's a very encouraging to see Colas playing and also here's something that really helps the White Sox stink so there is absolutely a reason to find out exactly what you have in Oscar Colas because it's not like they're playing for a playoff spot anytime. Even in the goodness gracious awful Central, there the uh, did you see how they lost their game yesterday? No, I did not oh, actually. We'll talk about it off air. It, it's it's one of the worst losses I've seen in a while. We've got a Bach and Air, and uh, they did it to Double A Midland. Double-A Midland in extra innings. They've now lost two in a row to that wonderful, wonderful baseball team that we just – we continue to scream high praises for the wonderful efforts being made by the 2023 Athletics. Uh, that covers most of the big weekend stories. We'll do our three up and three down for Saturday and talk waiver targets. But first, a quick commercial break. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. All right. So let's go with the three up. And we talked a bunch about the Phillies, Ryan. Why don't you talk about another member of the Phillies who had a pretty darn good little Saturday? Yeah, Alec Bohm. Um the Phillies uh, had a little bit of fun yesterday at the expense of the uh, Washington Nationals. 19 runs, 18 hits, four home uh, runs for the Phils yesterday. Alec Bohm had two of those home runs uh, on as part of a four-hit day. Six RBIs, three runs scored. <sighs> Still waiting on that breakout from Alec Bohm, and I'm mm-hmm. just not – terribly optimistic we're gonna get it at this point i think maybe he just is what he is he's still crushing lefties um which has been a career long thing for him sure well going into today he's got a 927 ops six home runs and 77 plate appearances versus lefties this season then you look at righties 689 ops three home runs and 208 plate appearances not great bob um, no. so yeah, Alec Bohm, he goes through these spells where, sure does. yeah, he's, he looks really good he starts lift lofting the ball a little bit more. We know that's been a career long issue for him. His launch angle actually is up just a tad this year after being up just a tad last year. It's slowly inching up, but the, uh, the exit velos kind of not 
as great as we've seen from him in the past. Um, so I'm I'm just not terribly optimistic, even though, I mean, he has been a little bit better since he came back from a hamstring injury, I believe. These last several days, he's he's hit a little bit and certainly had the big game Saturday. But, you know, I'm just not terribly optimistic we're going to see uh, that this is the beginning of Alec Bohm's breakout. Yeah, I mean, that's going to take me a long time to completely give up on Bohm just because of the hitter I saw when he was at Wichita State and the hitter that I saw during the truncated season. He was really good at 2020, and now is a very short sample size. I think he finished second in Rookie of the Year that year, and deservedly uh, so. He was really good, but then 2021, uh, I will say this, he's made a massive improvement with the glove. That has been really nice to see because – the, what, the the thing you were worrying about with Bone was whether or not he was ever going to be able to play in the infield if he was just a pure designated hitter. Now he's a good first baseman and a passable third baseman, which is just to show you, it's, it'll be funny if he ends up being a defense first player for his whole career or something like that. It's just funny how baseball works. But yeah, I mean, I believe in Bohm. I I think that he has a chance to be, especially at that position, Drew and I talked about it. Third base is just an absolute disaster pile right now. And it's one of the reasons he took Jose Ramirez very early in our draft is because after Ramirez, it's a pretty far drop. Uh, All due respect to Rafi Devers, who I ended up taking at the end just because, you know, you have to take a third baseman. And I still believe Rafi Devers will have a strong season. But third base being such a crapshoot basically right now outside of a couple of players – Maybe you do look and see if he has a strong second half because he. there were moments, too, in 2022 where Bohm looked really good, had, of course, that big moment in the playoffs. I'm pretty sure that Bryce Herper told him to sweep the leg. That's what he whispered to him at that before that at bat. Um, can't prove that, but I do believe that's what was happening in that situation. But uh, a very nice game for him. Uh, a few really nice offensive games and some bad pitching performances uh, on Saturday. But one really good pitching performance came from Bailey Ober against the Baltimore Orioles, which is you know a pretty tough lineup to do it against. Seven innings, two hits, no earned runs, no runs at all, zero walks, and eight strikeouts. Now, it's worth pointing out that Ober was kind of the lost man in the rotation for uh, the Twins to begin the year. He was the guy that there was some talk about, you know, whether or not he could be a trade piece for the team because, you know, that that rotation was so full. Well, because of injuries and some not-so-great performances from some other guys, Ober's become a really important piece for them. And I think he's been kind of underrated in his consistency. This is now, I believe, the last time he allowed, I'm making sure by looking at the game log right here, the last time that he allowed more than three runs in a start came on Monday, May 22nd against the Giants. He's given up at no more than three runs in any start from that. And he's missed bats at a pretty acceptable rate, too. This is now four of five starts where he's had eight strike, uh, excuse me, at least seven strikeouts. Is he a fantasy ace? Absolutely not. But Ober is a solid fantasy option who has earned the right. I mean, no matter what happens now, Baylor Ober is sticking in that Minnesota rotation. Uh, the division, you know, we don't have to. It would be nice, honestly, if we didn't have the balance schedule for Ober because he would get to pitch against those AL Central teams a heck of a lot more. But he's done a solid job against good lineups, against mediocre lineups. I would be looking to target Ober for the second half of the 2023 campaign. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think the only thing that might hold him back at this point, he's hasn't had a ton of um, 
his workload hasn't been big in his career. He's dealt with injuries at times. Yep. Um, but he's a like a I feel like there's a little bit of bias against him because he's like a huge guy who doesn't throw hard. Yes. You, you think, okay, he's a huge guy and he gets a decent number of strikeouts. He must be like a flamethrower, but he's not that at all. Um, he kind of lives up in the zone, gets misses with that, with the high fastball. Um, but yeah, I mean, as long as he's, as long as he's towing the rubber every, every fifth day, I've, I'm, I have a good, a pretty high level of confidence that Bailey Ober will be a, a viable fantasy asset. Um, another guy with a good start yesterday, a little less confident in him. I'll be honest, which hurts me to say is a, I believe I've mentioned on this podcast before that I am a Cardinals fan. Have, have I done that before, Chris? Once or twice. Um, yeah. Uh, Jack Flaherty, six shutout innings against the Yankees, four hits, two walks, four strikeouts. He had a five-start stretch where he had a 150 ERA and 33 strikeouts in 30 innings pitched. Looked like he was finally turning around, but then back-to-back starts where he gave up six runs and exactly 10 hits. And he also dealt with a – a hip issue, I believe, where he had a start pushed back. Um, but now he has come back and made this really good start against the Yankees. I mean, the Yankees, since Aaron Judge went down, have not been a terribly daunting matchup. Um, but still impressive stuff from Jack Flaherty. But are we going to see the consistency with him? I mean, he – leads all of the National League in walks and hit-by-pitches this season. Um, they've come in, like, like he's had, like, multiple – I would have to go look at the game log, which I do not have pulled up in front of me right now. But, I mean, he had – he's had multiple starts where he's walked, like, six-plus guys. I mean, it's yeah. just – his cr- control has never been, like, pristine outside of, you know, twenty the second half of 2019 when he looked like the best pitcher on the planet. Yes. Um, so I don't know if we, he can totally be trusted. I, I think there's a pretty good chance the Cardinals are going to treat him later this month. Um, it's weird that the Cardinals are going to be a seller. They're not used to yeah. being in a position, but yeah, Flaherty's uh, on an expiring contract. You know, maybe he goes to a contender and certainly has the ability to uh, to kick into the high gear. He's been healthy this year. I, the only thing holding him, me back personally from liking him in fantasy was the injury potential, but he's been healthy this year. He's just been super inconsistent. Um, he's a guy I would like still to have on my bench, starting him in favorable matchups, which the Yankees at home um, I think is considered a favorable matchup at this point. Um, so, yeah, Jack Flaherty, not exactly sure what we're going to get from him, but some uh, certainly a positive outing on on Saturday. Well, I mean, look, Ryan, when he wants to throw hard, he'll throw hard. I haven't you heard that he's just he's mm-hmm. holding back. That's what we're waiting for in the second half is to have uh Yeah. I really like Jack Flaherty. Those comments were absolute nonsense and probably a sign that this season wasn't going to go super well for the St. Louis Cardinals because there's been an awful lot of nonsense. And I think those came like right before all the Tyler O'Neill and all that stuff happened. I, I can't keep track of your shenanigans anymore, Ryan. That's just been a, you guys have been like the Mets this year. Um, the Mets have just been How not dare good, you. but this year you guys have been more Mets in terms of storyline and stuff like that. 
maybe that means that the Cardinals are about to get sold to a hundred billionaire who is going to bring puppies to press conferences and sign every free agent. I wish that for you. I wish that for everyone. Uh, on the not so good side, this one hurts me. Yuri Perez, goodness gracious, welcome to the major leagues, my friend. After being about as dominant as any pitching prospect I've ever seen in the major leagues, uh, snap back to reality uh, real quick. And now, look, just we'll get into it. He gave up seven runs in two-thirds of an inning, gave up back-to-back -back home runs to open the game against Ronald Acuna Jr., who why people are pitching to Ronald Acuna Jr. in the first inning, I don't know. Just walk him, hope he doesn't steal a couple of bases, and hope for the best because his line is, when he's leading off an inning right now is just absolutely insane. He is unbelievable. This is my way of not wanting to talk about how bad Yuri Perez was. He saw his ERA almost double from 1.3 to 2.47. This is just a reminder, Ryan, that as good as young pitchers can look, they are going to have these bitter moments. And for Yuri Perez on Saturday, it was as bitter as it can get. Having said that, not changing anything in my plan with Yuri Perez. You're putting him in the lineup every single time while he's out there, especially because we don't know how long he's going to be out there. There's been a lot of talks about the fact that the Marlins are going to manage his innings. All-star break will certainly help. You can bring him down for a little bit. But if there are those moments, I think, where the – uh, with off days where the Marlins can go with a four-man rotation, I do think that Perez will be the guy who gets skipped more often than not, especially because if they're in the playoff contention, you want that guy to be ready. So that's the good with the bad with Perez, is that maybe you don't get as much help from him at the end of July in the middle of August. But if they're in contention, Yuri Perez is making starts for the Miami Marlins. Yeah, I mean, we mentioned um... – earlier about the being around the all-star break is an opportune time to put guys in the IL, give them extra rest is also an opportune time, especially since the Marlins have already, well, I guess the Marlins themselves haven't been open about curtailing Perez's innings, but it's been widely reported that they had been considering sending him down previously. Yeah. Um, I mean, this rough start, probably gives them the cover they need to go ahead and do that. That combined with being around the all-star break, they could easily send him down to triple uh, a Jacksonville, which he has never pitched at, by the way, that's right. Skip the triple a level. Um, but yeah, as you mentioned, you know, he's been absolutely fantastic. Like just insanely good for a 20 year old righty. Uh, but, you know, these starts are going to happen when you're – especially the Braves in Atlanta it's when it's so hot bad. out. That's just a really hard matchup. Um, I believe the Braves set a National League record in June for home runs. Um, so, yeah, it's not – that's that's going to, into a buzzsaw, whether, no matter how good you're, you're pitching. And he, he was not great that day. So no. that, that will happen. As Absolutely well for a young for a young pitcher, but mm -hmm. yeah, it, it's really just about how many starts he's ultimately going to make. Right. Um, but as you mentioned, I mean the Marlins are what 13, 14 games over five hundred, something like that. I mean he's if they're in contention that he's gonna pitch for them. Yep. They're gonna do their best to, uh, especially since Sandy Alcantara is. I mean. 
is is this guy going to come around, Chris? I assume I it's going to happen, but you know, I know he's know. pitching. I keep waiting. Yeah, I know he's pitching today. So and against those Braves in in Atlanta, so that's not the setting. Uh, scoreless right first. For, uh, scoreless first. There we go. He's off to oh, a good no, start. Never mind. It's the middle of the first. We don't know if he started scoreless first. <laughs> well, scoreless, scoreless so far. He just has not yes. uh, towed the rubber yet. But yes, yeah, I'm not. Uh, the that rough start from Yuri Perez. I'm not not super worried about it over the long term. Um, sure. This rough start, a little more worried about it. Luis Severino yeah. got roughed up against that same. He was pitching opposite Jack Flaherty in that part of the doubleheader yesterday. Four innings, seven earned runs, nine nine runs total, nine hits, three walks, only two strikeouts against the Cardinals. Gave up two home runs. He's now given up 10 home runs in 40 innings so far since coming back from the IL. 630 ERA, 165 whip. His That 630 ERA is actually better than his ex-ERA of 691. So that would lead you to believe he's actually been a little fortunate uh, to post that 630 ERA. I mean, it's been a lot of hard contact with Severino. Uh, the velocity has been fine. Um, his slider has been oddly ineffective. Um, like that's usually his swing and miss pitch. It was great for him last year in his 18 or 19 starts, whatever he wound up making. Mm -hmm. But the whiff rate on that pitch this year has been like cut in half from, from last year just has not been sharp for him. I did watch, a good portion of yesterday's start. The fastball command is just not great for Severino right now. I mean, he had a really good start against the Rangers. Not a, not an easy matchup. The start before this one, um, but then like the three prior to that, he were were bad. So a lot of inconsistency. I mean, I I would like to still keep Severino on my roster, um, but. You know, depending on your situation, a more shallow league, I could certainly see using that roster spot on someone else. Well, I think the thing that Severino really has going for him is um, to quote uh, the owner of the Reds, who was asked what uh, what else people about the fan park, uh, what else are you going to do? Who the heck else are you going to pitch in the Yankees rotation right now? I mean, they are absolutely even with Carlos Rodon, hopefully coming back fairly soon. Uh, it's a lost, lost, a lost rotation right now. Like they are so. They should be so thankful to have Garrett Cole right now because everything else behind him right now is scary to me. All due respect to, well, not a ton of due respect to Domingo Herman, who did throw a perfect game and break my Felix streak, but uh, yuck. Um, it is uh, it is really interesting to see the those numbers that you gave me, though, just because the eye test has been pretty bad for me with Severino outside of one start that I watched that was okay. I'd be really curious to see how aggressive they are here because um, if I'm the Yankees, I'd be super aggressive and take advantage of the fact that there's some good starting pitchers on this market. There are some guys who could really help this team out, but how aggressive will they be knowing the fact that they are pretty much stuck in a wild card position and knowing that, you know, having Rodon will certainly help. Hopefully he can be the guy that we saw over the last couple of years, but I'll be very curious to see what I would do. 
Long story short, again, there, Luis Severino, not a guy that I'm super excited for for fantasy perspective going forward. It's interesting. One of the very first articles I ever wrote for money was on Luis Severino on whether or not he was going to be a bullpen option or not. And uh, oh, and as Uncle Ted brings up, uh, Nestor Cortez will be coming back soon. Um, but that's still the back of that rotation is still pretty gross. And I would imagine that they do address it. Somehow, I just was curious how aggressive they're going to be. But yeah, a long time ago, writing about whether or not Luis Severino was going to be a starting pitcher for, I think it was 50 bucks is what I got paid for that. Uh, now I get paid, uh, now I get paid 26 cents to do this podcast. And actually, I end up paying them uh, back in different ways. Uh, so we had some bad starts. We also had a really bad start that also uh became worse when we found out that he left with injury Mackenzie Gore got absolutely lit up giving up seven runs in two and two-thirds innings in that start against the Phillies and it was put reported that he left with a blister now blisters as we know can be pretty scary things for pitchers it can be something that causes you to get back on that mound the next day or it could be something that ends up being put on the injured list and you end up missing a few weeks for him. We just don't know how they're going to heal. Um, even with the blister, it's worth pointing out, Gore has just been super hit and miss and not in the good way for pitchers, unfortunately. not uh, Even with the missed bats, there's a lot of runs that are being given up here. ERA up to 4.47. I'm a big fan of Mackenzie Gore in the long term, Ryan, but I'm kind of out on him for the rest of 2023. Um, just a guy that I'd, I'd much rather see have some success over these last few months, uh, more taking a wait and see approach than a guy that I'm putting in my fantasy lineup again. Yeah. I mean, he's, he relies so much on the, on the fastball, like his, he just, he can't find a consistent off speed and breaking ball to work for right. him. And he just can't throw strikes consistently enough. Um, I'm with you. I, I still think there's fantasy ace potential in there somewhere if he can, oh, if yeah. he can click. Um, nationals are kind of interesting over the long haul, not so much for 2023. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll see if it winds up being an IL stint. But I'm I wouldn't I wouldn't be holding out a ton of hope for. Uh, redraft value from McKenzie or unless you're, you know, if you're in a, if you're in a league that uh, has innings limits, I mean, he strikes out enough guys, that's going to be valuable, but the consistency is probably not going to, not going to be there. It's worth pointing out that those uh, nationals did take two of three from my Seattle Mariners and caused me to go uh, apoplectic uh, when they lost four to one, when Patrick Corbin, shut them out for seven innings, but uh, yeah, not a very good baseball team. There are too many of these, Ryan. There are way too many of these words we're not allowed to say on this podcast shows that are just not fun to watch whatsoever. Um, But yeah, long-term, I like Gore a lot. I mean, you look at the Savant page, it's very hard to be in the 72nd, 76th, excuse me, with percentage and also in the 10th percentile in hard hit percentage, which just goes to show you, that I think you and I have a better uh, idea of where McKenzie Gore is throwing pitches than Gore does right now. The stuff's electric. There's a reason why this guy was considered the best pitching prospect in baseball. And some people thought he was pretty close to being the best prospect in baseball altogether in 2020. Not so much right now, but there's still a lot. There have been more than enough flashes of brilliance to suggest that there is some long-term help 
that he'll provide some long-term help over his coming seasons. Uh, let's make some fab waiver target uh, recommendations, Ryan. Um, we've got uh, three pitchers on the list, one hitter, um, but why don't you start with one that's not exactly a prospect, but I think a name that a lot of people have forgotten about because he was once a former prospect and now um, has had some success in the majors and looks like he might be on his way pretty soon. Yeah, Tarek Skubal looks like he's going to make his um, season debut for the Tigers on Tuesday, and that comes against those, let's say it again, double-A Midland. <laughs> uh, Friendly. Yeah, so Tarek Skubal looked really good on his rehab assignment, coming back from a flexor tendon flexor tendon surgery, uh, which I believe was last July, August, the operation he had. But one, two, three ERA, twenty to three strikeout to walk rate, in fourteen and two thirds innings on his rehab assignment. He was really good in twenty twenty two. Three five two ERA, one 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 six WHIP, one hundred seventeen strikeouts in one hundred seventeen and two thirds innings. Up to slider usage that became his primary pitch ahead of the fastball, and that had great results with it. He. Uh, didn't throw more than four innings on any of his rehab starts. So, you know, how deep into games is he going to be able to pitch? Probably not very deep initially, but, you know, sets up for a two-start week this coming week, and one of those starts is against the A's. So I think he's probably worth using anyway. Um, going to be interested to see if the Tigers maybe dangle him at the trade deadline. I kind of jokingly, you know, once he – I think it was just when he was – in doing a live batting practice session and reporters back, back before the rate limits were uh, exceeded, were tweeting out that he uh, was hitting like 98 miles per hour and live BP. And I, I jokingly tweeted that, you know, he somewhat jokingly tongue in cheek tweeted that he's going to be the, their primary trade ship over uh, Eduardo Rodriguez yeah. Um, who Eduardo Rodriguez does before he got hurt, by the way, and was just pitch, pitching his butt off. Um, so I, I'm not necessarily banking on that happening, but Tarek Skubal is certainly an interesting arm. He can miss bats. Um, up in the slider usage has worked out for him as well. Um, could be a trade candidate and go to a team that give him a better chance to pick up wins, but interested to see what he can do against – those uh double a middle of days on tuesday yes yeah the uh the rock hounds are a friendly matchup for him um i've liked scuba for a while um very inconsistent to say the least i think in his professional time um but certainly just shown the upside um a nice little chance to um i mean this would be a start where you are using more the eye test than the results and if those results are bad that's bad like all due respect to the Oakland A's who are trying their little hearts out. It is not a lineup that he should have a whole lot of struggle with. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really curious to see what he can do. Um, you know, I think he's, I don't know if he, the certainly the Tigers don't have to deal him or anything like that, but it's something that like, you just look at that team and their offense, especially is just so bad. You think that there's kind of like a, um, a need to kind of reset things, not necessarily rebuild, but kind of reset with what's going on. Be curious if we ever get to see Casey Mize back on the mound for them as well. Um, showed some flashes during his time with that team, but uh, 
Haven't heard a whole heck of a lot about Casey Mize over these last few weeks. And that's interesting because Ryan and I know the Tigers send out a basically an invitation of injury list updates that is like a good page long of letting you know of everything that's going on, which we appreciate because it certainly gives us stuff to to write about. And we can never say, um, hey, what's this going on? Except for it doesn't seem like Casey Mize is in those updates very often, but here's hoping everything uh, works out for him. Uh, Jordan Westberg is a guy that I did not expect that we would be talking about as a fab addition this early. I did expect to see him make his major league debut, but it uh, comes up uh, fairly early. And the big thing with Westberg is my concern was whether or not he was going to be able to play every day. He's playing every day against lefties, against righties. This was a guy who was second in the minor leagues in homers, was 17 in his time with AAA Norfolk. Friendly confines to be sure, but still a guy who has well above average power from the right side, uh, has good approach at the plate, can hit for average. My one thing here is that stolen bases ain't happening with Jordan Westbrook. He is a below average runner um, long term. I think he's going to be probably a third baseman, but he has some eligibility at some other places in some other leagues, which is nice to see. Uh, nice little versatile guy to put on your bench and has performed pretty well so far. 278, uh, 333, 350, uh, 350, 333, excuse me, even with an over two effort tonight. By the way, Sonny Gray has been absolutely outstanding and the Orioles offense that we just lauded has not been so good over these last few games. Just one hit today from Ramon Urias so far. But uh, I do think Westberg has a chance to be a strong fantasy option probably a guy that I want more to, in the long term, excuse me, probably more of a guy I want in my, in my middle infield spot or my corner infield spot for the rest of the year, more than a, a set it and forget it starter, but certainly a guy I'd be aggressive about picking up because there's just not a whole heck of a lot of prospects out there that'll be worth saving your fab for at this point. Yeah, I was with you in that, you know, I wasn't totally sure how many at bats he was ultimately going to get, but Looks like Jorge Mateo might get pushed aside. He's already that's already kind of kind of happened at this point. You know, yeah. I thought that Mateo's glove might keep him in the in the lineup, but his bat has been so bad since. Sure. Remember in April? Remember in April when Jorge Mateo looked like a MVP candidate? <laughs> yeah, and he has just absolutely crashed and burned. Yeah, um, but yeah, Jordan Westberg. West Jordan Westberg is interesting. Um, certainly has that that power, and you know. Ideally, he is a right-handed batter, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, um, yeah that that left field at Camden Yards not exactly inviting these days, but sure, he has the kind of power he can uh, he can he can still clear that wall and maybe hit some to the opposite field some as well. But um, yeah, Jorge Mateo getting pushed aside. Jordan Westberg has been in the lineup regularly. Another Oriole we had. Uh, Someone mentioned in the chat earlier, when are you going to talk about Kyle Bradish? Because he was pitching opposite uh, Bailey Ober and also looked fantastic. And, hey, now we're going to talk about Kyle Bradish. We're (laughs) saving him for the the waiver wire section. Yes. Six innings, one run, seven strikeouts Saturday against the Twins. It's been really good of late. 216 ERA, 0.88 whip. 23 to five strikeout to walk rate over 25 innings covering his last four starts. Final first half start is uh, tentatively projected to be against the Yankees. It is at Yankee Stadium, but as I mentioned earlier, the Yankees 
sans Aaron Judge, not not a terribly uh, uh, daunting lineup right now. So right. I, I think Kyle Bradish has a pretty decent chance to keep the keep the ball rolling. Um, doesn't miss a ton of bats, but he's you know just under a strikeout per inning. He's got a couple like double digit strikeout games under his belt as well. So he, he has shown the ability to uh, to pick those up in, in bunches at times. But yeah, certainly encouraging what we've seen from him. And obviously the Orioles are going to provide plenty of run support today, notwithstanding. Um, so, and yesterday, notwithstanding as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, in, in general, we should, we should expect plenty of run support from the, from the Orioles. Uh, Kyle Bradish definitely trending up. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Baltimore's for real. It's time to take them seriously. This is now a, literally a full half of them being a team that's on pace to win 96 games. Um, do I think that Bradish offers some potential for disaster at times? Yeah. I mean, there 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 is a chance for a clunker or two. Um, that's true for all of their starters, by the way, which is why I think they should be as aggressive as anybody, by the way, to add a starter. Go Absolutely. get Shane Bieber, Baltimore. Go get Shane Bieber and – have some fun and uh, maybe I can root for you since I'm not going to be able to root for the Mariners in the playoffs. It looks like at this point. Um, So I'll I'll take you behind the scenes here, folks. I told uh, our buddy Alan who puts these together um, to use Mike Soroka as the uh, cover art for this thing. And I'll be honest, after his third inning, I was like, "Uh Oh, that wasn't a good idea, but every other inning was pretty darn good for Soroka. He ends up going six innings, gives up three runs, Gets seven strikeouts, eight ground ball outs. I'm definitely recommending Soroka as a fantasy ad at this point because I think he's got a chance to stick in that rotation. We are not far removed, Ryan, from Soroka looking like one of the very best young starters in baseball. And then, of course, he's dealt with about every injury possible since then and, you know, has not gotten much of a chance to get on the mound. And you take a look at his 6.80 ERA and you wonder what the heck I'm talking about. I think he's pitched much better than that. And in fact, if you take away that third inning uh, last night, which you can't do, I've legally checked, you cannot take away innings. Um, That is not how this works. He was excellent. Like he was uh, against a good Marlins lineup, not a great Marlins lineup, but a good Marlins lineup. I'm a fan of his stuff. I'm a fan of his command. I'm a fan of his poise on the mound. I also love the fact that as long as he doesn't get destroyed, he's going to get a win chance because the Atlanta offense is going to give him a ton of chances for success. Yeah, I mean, Soroka was a legitimate Cy Young candidate for a little bit there. And now not exactly an old man by any stretch of the imagination. Maybe feels like an old man sometimes considering the fact that he's had a couple of really ugly injuries, unfortunately, and picked up an injury, unfortunately, while he was rehabbing from one of those ugly injuries. But yeah, I'm adding him. I think that he has a chance to be, you know, not a fantasy ace, but a very strong fantasy option. And the fact that he gets to play with that Atlanta lineup behind him, the wins matter, folks, and he has a chance to pick up a bunch of them as long as he's in the rotation. By the way, I still can't see uh, Mike Soroka's name without getting the uh, no, My so- Sharona, uh, Mike Soroka <laughs> song stuck in my head. I don't know. I'm, I assume you've yep you've seen that. Uh, it's just uh, it's. Yep. Is it a good thing? Is that a bad no, thing? Um, no, it's a terrible thing. No, not a good it, thing. Okay. It is what it is. Yeah, I mean, I would like to see uh, Mike Soroka miss a few more bats. Um, sure. But that's, you know, 
not generally going to be his game. The, the stuff hasn't been, I feel like it hasn't been quite all the way back from, I mean, poor guy. I mean, he's, we talked about Royce Lewis earlier with injuries and Mike Soroka said, hold my beer. Um, yeah. He's, he's uh, dealt with plenty of, plenty of issues himself, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Like he's, especially I remember when he first came up, like it, the level of command and a guy that age just is very rare. Um, is that going to totally come all the way back? Is this stuff all going to come all the way back? We don't know for sure, but as you mentioned, plenty of backing offensively from these, from, from these Atlanta Braves. So at the very least, he's some guy I would, he's a guy I would love having on my bench and just to see, uh, see if we can reach that peak. Yeah, absolutely. Like, Maybe you're not starting Soroka against, uh, like, if he's pitching in Colorado or if he's facing some of the better lineups. But against pretty much everybody else, I think you can expect six innings of three-run baseball, and that's fine. Like, it, it's not elite, but if you get that win chance and if you can get five or six strikeouts with it and know that you're not going to get a ton of walks and a ton of self-inflicted damage, I'm okay with that, especially at this point in the season Right, there are not a lot of guys who can give you that right now. There just aren't. And so if you do have a chance to add, and you know, as Uncle Ted brings up, that's what matters the most about Soroka is that he hasn't really had arm issues. The the leg stuff matters. It really does because you got to push off, you got to use that stuff to be able to get into the mid to high 90s. But the fact that he hasn't had arm issues suggests that he should be fine for the second half of the season as long as there's not more leg stuff and goodness gracious, if there's more leg stuff, I'm not doing this podcast anymore because it hurts my heart to see guys who have worked as hard as he is to get back only to have setbacks. It's no fun. That's, that's going back to Royce Lewis. That's the thing that hurts me the most about Royce Lewis is he's worked his tail off to get back into this and now has an injury that has absolutely nothing to do with that knee stuff, but it's another thing. It's another setback. I cannot imagine Ryan, we're writers, so we can't really um, know truly how it feels to have. I, mean, I, I, had, I had carpal tunnel syndrome once, and that's tough for writers. So I, I've, I've basically okay. been in the same, yeah. in, in those shoes before. Ryan, Mike Soroka, Boyer, that is what we call you in the Slack chat. Um, but yeah, that's going to do it for us. Uh, thanks so much for joining. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Crawford underscore M-I-L-B. And you can file, file. you don't want to file, Ryan, but you can follow Ryan at Ryan P. Boyer. Make sure that we are one of those 600 tweets that you get to see a day because they're all bangers at all time. Uh, make sure you hit like, hit subscribe, all of that good stuff. Really appreciate it. Hey, uh, just got a question for you. Do I keep Yuri Perez after getting shelved? No, we're, we're keeping Yuri Perez, buddy. We are keeping Yuri Perez. I know it's frustrating. I know it was it stunk, but Yuri Perez still has to be in your lineup. All due respect to Luke Giolito. Um, but uh, Ryan, it looks like you had something you wanted to say. I, I was just going to say, I mean, if we're talking redraft, I I would take Giolito over him the rest of the season. Ooh, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you one thing. If Giolito changes Giolito's teams. Been, been pretty darn good, especially the last like six-ish weeks. And, yeah. Yeah. I, if, he, I, I just, I, if he gets on a contender. Well, that's the thing. If he's on a contender, I'm. I'm this is all in. I'm uh, Lucas Giolito, if he plays for a better team, for sure. I, I like Yuri Perez more. I like his ability to miss bats more. I, I Luke Giolito is one of my favorite people. Um, getting to talk to his dad was one of my favorite things about covering the draft over that year. But And I would try to get Giolito and maybe drop somebody else because uh, 
Yuri Perez, I, I think, is special. I think Yuri Perez is a very special pitcher who just happened to run into the buzzsaw of buzzsaws. Let's do that whole ending thing again. You can follow me on Twitter at Crawford underscore MILB. You can follow Ryan at Ryan P. Boyer. Please hit like, please hit subscribe. And remember, a new show every single day. And a very happy fourth to everybody. Uh, Go eat some s'mores. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.